Welcome to Hindsight Hacking. I'm Corey Carter. And I'm Ron Cool, and you are listening to Hindsight Hacking, where we have talked to hundreds of entrepreneurs hacking their hindsight to give you clearer foresight. And now, as we still bring you the same great, amazing interviews each and every week, we are adding bits and pieces to serve you in such a great way. These bits and pieces are some mindset hacks, visibility hacks, traffic hacks, and more on the daily hacks. So we want to make sure that you have all the tools and all the resources that you need to gain more visibility and gain more traffic. And obviously, to get more sales. So head over to gethhhm.com forward slash toolbox to grab your free resources to get the help you need to get more. And if you're interested, after you collect all those freebies, because they're amazing, hit the link in the show notes and jump on our calendar because we definitely want to help you. Guys, we absolutely love the community that we've created with your guys' help, and we love all the hindsight hackers. So jump on in and get on our calendar. So without further ado, what do you say? Let's get to it. Welcome back to another episode of Hindsight Hacking, and today we're joined by Mitch Slater. Now, for everybody out there, I assume you've heard of Larry King or the Larry King Show. Now, Mitch began his career working in media as an associate producer for the Larry King Show, and he actually nowadays gets to work closely with clients like Gary Vanderchuk, among others, and Honestly, his background, Mitch's background as a financial advisor at the Smith Barney Merrill Lynch for 23 years and uh, currently at UBS. Now, Mitch has been able to discuss a family uh, financial issues on places like CNN, CNBC, New York Times, Bloomberg, News 12, and several radio, TV, and podcasts like this one across America. So. Yep. We get to dive in, talk about the fun things, and talk about some real things. Now, Mitch, I do appreciate. Thank you so much for joining us today. Oh, my pleasure, guys. This is great. I'm really happy to be here and 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 happy to chat. And uh, I love what you guys do. I love I I just love shows with two people. I, I think that they bounce off each other and and work real well. So I'm I'm pumped to to be here today. No, oh, thank you so much. It's funny because. You know, we we do our solo episodes, which are never solo because Corey's with me. So it's awesome, right? <laughs> <laughs> but before we get too far down the road here, why don't you let everyone know a little bit more about who Mitch is? Yeah. So uh, I'm a Jersey guy. I'm a Jersey guy that, that loves the hell out of Bruce Springsteen and everything in that world. Uh, family is everything to me. I, I have the greatest pride in, in, my, in my, my two kids. Uh, one actually now works at UBS in sustainability. The other writes for people. My wife, who writes for, for Time Magazine, also runs the uh, guild there. Um, and I have a 94-year-old mother, about to turn 94, who I I'm so proud of in so many ways and probably was one of the best guests on my podcasts, actually, which is a whole separate story. But that's, that's Mitch the Human. You know, it all steams from two words, curiosity and listening. And I can get more into that later. Uh, so good. The family aspect, right? Like so many people, they get stuck on a business and they skip the family moments because they're working on their own business or they, they skip the family moments because they're stuck in a phone or they're stuck online or doing all this stuff. So I love that you immediately, that's, that's your, your go-to, right? Like you're the family guy, that's your favorite thing. And, but even in your bio, even in 
uh, everything you're doing. Like you talk about ha- helping families in, in the financial world. So uh, just tell us more about that. Tell us more about these talks of, of that you do in regards to helping families. Like you're not just helping a business or a client, you're helping families. Yeah, I mean, this is a relationship business. Um, and I think every business in many words, many worlds are. Um, and at the end of the day, I care about what's called ROR, not ROI, um, which is the return on relationships. And I did steal that from one of my guests, Ted Rubin, but it's a, it's a, a Ted won't mind. It's a, I think he actually copyrighted it, but it's really great. But, you know, for me, it's, I love people. And whether I worked in TV, radio, uh, early on in my career, um, to becoming a financial advisor, actually, it's, uh, I think my bio was wrong. It's actually 33 years, which is even scarier. Um, but it's all about working with families and developing relationships and, and it's psychology. Um, it's kind of all of the above, but at the end of the day, uh, I like to work with people and I'm very fortunate to have a wonderful team and, and that we get along great. And, uh, we've been through pandemics. We've been through financial crises. Uh, my first day as a financial advisor was the, the stock market crash in 1987. So I kind of welcome to the business kid, um, which literally my dad said to me because he's the one that recommended I move, I pivot from living in, uh, you know, Washington, D.C., in L.A., and Philadelphia, um, back up to uh, the Jersey area and New York um, to, to look at this industry. So, um, you know, it, it's all about enthusiasm and liking what you do. And the last four letters of the word enthusiasm, uh, something that I was taught early on, and they are IASM, which is I am sold myself. So if you're not sold yourself on you and sold yourself on whatever you're doing for a living, whether it's advising in the, in the financial world or advising in the marketing world or whatever it is, um, that's going to show through. And I want, people to, I want people to like me. I want them to know me, Mitch the human. Um, and as you mentioned before, the family thing is something I'm so grateful for that I've been able to be in an industry that gave me the opportunity to kind of run my own business and gave me the opportunity to be the coach of my son's baseball team, basketball team, my daughter's basketball, softball, run to uh, serve two sessions on my town's board of education, uh, you know, and, and, you know, being elected doing that, being on nonprofit boards in the music industry, which I'm really passionate about. So, you know, it's kind of designing your life in, 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 as best as you can. It's never going to be perfect. Um, we're human beings. We're far from ever being perfect. But the, the older you get, the more it means, you know? Yeah. Yeah, no, that's so true. So you talk to people, and I was going to wait till later in the show, but I'm not going to. So <laughs> you worked with Larry King, which one, I want to talk so much about that, but I want to relate it back to the people and the relationships. Who's the most unique guest you've got to meet because you were in proximity with Larry King? Um, it's actually interesting. I... Because of my relation, unique relationship with Larry King, I never actually asked him uh, for any help with guests, um, mm-hmm. just because that's the basis of our of a, of a friendship that lasted, you know, until recently for 40 years. Um, but having had Larry King as my first guest on the podcast does help 
bring yes. in the bigger names. I'm sure. Um, I mean, that, you know, it didn't hurt. But, you know, think, think, things happen. I mean, I, you know, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a child of the 60s. And to be able to, uh, you know, have Eddie Munster on my show, which was just sort of a freakish thing, Butch Patrick, uh -huh. because last summer during some of the riots um, and, and the social justice movement, uh, I posted a great clip from the Munsters of, of Herman Munster talking about uh, it's not the content you know, the color of your skin is the content of your character. And somebody messaged me on LinkedIn say, hey, I know Butch Patrick. Um, I'm going to give him your number. He loves doing podcasts. And two days later, oh I get gosh. a call. I'm sitting on my porch outside with my wife and kids or because my kids were home at the time. And there's Eddie Monster. And what a great conversation. And we talk financial literacy, financial education, as well as, you know, the, the geek out questions. And the right. same thing with Danica McKellar, even though she was, uh, you know, the, her show was not on in the 60s. It's really about growing up in the 60s. So I loved, um, you know, her show. I loved the whole Winnie Cooper world. I loved everything about the Wonder Years. And the fact that she now writes books for young girls, teaching them about math. She's a PhD in mathematics. She is like, has, you know, things named after her. She's a genius. Um, she's still doing Hallmark TV movies and other stuff. She was actually in West Wing, which my all-time favorite TV show, um, small part, but she was in West Wing, um, which, you know, immediately put her to the top of the list. So sometimes a guest like Larry King will lead me to have the ability to maybe have someone that their publicist will take a look and say, oh, I talked to Larry King and, you know, it, it, it does help. But um, I thought about that a number of times. Um, unfortunately, most of the people that I wanted to talk to that Larry knew were dead. Oh, yeah. And it's really yeah. tough to interview Don Rickles after he died. Um, yeah. One of the greatest moments of my life was having Don Rickles insult me, um, you know, at an event with Larry, um, you know, and I, I mean, Mel Brooks, I did mention to him and, and uh, that that was as Larry was getting sick. So I would have loved to have sat down and talked to Mel Brooks. That would have been great. Uh, so, so cool. So Ron and I, we, started this podcast and and we actually the, the number of doors that opened up for people to have conversations with us we never really expected like we we knew we were we would have some good conversations with some good people but it, it's just through all the the time that every single person we've asked nobody has ever said no some people have never answered but most ultimately nobody's ever said no but the, the relationships that we've been able to build because of it uh, like this podcast pays for itself every single day because of those relationships. And, and uh, so did you ever expect the relationships you would find and build through doing your own podcast? Well, you know, I've kind of looked at marketing and branding throughout my career um, in, in, in a unique light that to me, it's all been part of the whole and, and, and building out what, what I want to accomplish and what, I want people to know about me. I'm not naive enough, and I learned this from having my own radio show for a few years, which I definitely got business from, um, from being a weekend uh, TV show here in New Jersey called It's Your Money um, and, and being a frequent guest on that show that people typically don't pick up the phone, just go, oh, I saw you on TV, and blah, blah, blah. I mean, maybe that happens, and it did happen a couple of times. So I did not go into the concept of doing this podcast, which by the way, I wanted to do in 2010. And because of the nature of my industry it took eight years to get done. So 
I'm kind of a pioneer. There aren't many uh, people working for major financial institutions that are doing podcasts, but it's because I'm not doing investing um, that I'm allowed to do the podcast. And that's fine with me because I don't think that's a really interesting topic anyway. So I don't really think about that aspect of it. But let's be real. I certainly make connections. I've the opportunities have come up from from some of the people I've talked to. You know, because you start bonding. I interviewed a guy. I don't know if you either of you ever drink rye, but Whistlepig Rye. Um, I interviewed the guy who started and founded and CEO of Whistlepig Rye. He's now sold it. He's running an Armagnac in Vermont. Um, he's invited me up to this place in in Vermont, which I'll probably go this fall get to know each other a little bit. He's a fascinating guy, Raj Bhakta, guy ran for Congress. He's just, you know, got a crazy story. Um, so you start developing different relationships and, and kind of the pandemic hurt with that because I was really, because of my proximity to New York City, I live in New Jersey, I'm half hour. I had the opportunity to see people as they come through town if, uh, and, and do the interview or if they lived in the area to, you know, maybe go out to dinner and learn a little bit more about them or, or have lunch or, or whatever it is. And, and, you know, it's the old uh, field of dreams. If you build it, they will come. And I have taken that attitude since 1987 in this business. Doesn't always work, but, uh, you know, what I've learned from my early days in, in media and then by running into this crazy guy who owned a wine store in my town named Gary Vaynerchuk in, in years ago, um, it took it to a whole new level. And I really got a sense of what that meant in today's world. And I have to, you know, tremendous shout out to everybody in the VaynerMedia world, including Andrea Sullivan, who's participating in the program today, and James Orsini. Um, uh, just so many great, great people. Uh, Gary's brother, uh, they started this wine business, a sports agency. You know, it, I, I observed what they're doing. It's, you know, it's just sort of follow, you know, he basically was giving you, you know, color, color in the lines, color by pencil. He's giving it away. And, you know, his book, jab, you know, jab, 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 right hook or whatever, left hook, whatever it's called. I mean, the whole idea of giving before getting um, really feels good. Although Johnny Resnick of the Goo Goo Dolls said to me, he says, giving's good, Mitch, but getting's even better. So, <laughs> but you know, he's a rock star. He gets to say stuff like that. Yeah, he gets to say fun stuff like that. Yeah. We don't get to say stuff like that. <laughs> oh my gosh. So it's funny because being a part of Podmax, which is this event and what, you know, what kind of brought us all together, I'm learning more and more different things around Gary Vee and who he is and not who I thought he was whatsoever. Uh, I think it's crazy. What what all do you help him with or do with him, if you're able to talk about that? Yeah, I mean, I, honestly, our, our relationship is more about helping him with VaynerMedia because, um, you know, how do you tell a guy who is sitting in a hotel room in Paris 11 years ago um, with this guy who comes up with an idea about a, a car share, a car riding idea, and Gary decides to invest in that and it turns into Uber. You know, Gary, you know, got his Facebook shares from, from uh, and he's, everything I'm telling you is in all of his books and everything, you know, from Zuckerberg's family. So, you know, my, my, my sense was to really help with the business and and work with different individuals that I've met in the business. So it's really been more about um, what we do with the business. But that being said, you know, it's hard to not be in 
the in the Gary V universe in the Gary V space and not take something away. But my greatest joy from my relationship with Gary was my give. And my give to him was to surprise him in LA to have Larry King interview him on Larry's show that he was still doing about six years ago on, uh, on cable um, and, and online and everything. And uh, you know, I knew that it was a dream of Gary's to be interviewed by Larry. When I brought Larry up, Gary up to Larry, Larry's like, what, who's this guy? What are you, what are you doing, Mitch? But Larry, Gary's, Larry's producers called me up and said, you know Gary Vaynerchuk? I go, we've been telling Larry he's gotta talk to people like that. Bring him out, brought him out and they hit it off and he's, Gary's teaching him this and that. And, and it was, you know, I, I felt so good that day. And it was, I knew how much it meant to Gary. And, you know, I'll, I'll even just sort of put the, the icing on the story, even though it's a sad ending. When, when Larry died a couple of two months ago now, um, I woke up and got the news. Obviously I knew personally, cause I know his family that things were not good, but you know, the first person I heard from at 7.03 a.m. was Gary. And, you know, he just wanted to reiterate how much it meant to him that I made that opportunity happen. That's Gary V. That's a guy that is, uh, as my uh, religion says, a mensch in many ways. Um, but uh, he may have this one side that people see. But kind of like Larry, I got to know Gary, the human being, and 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 there's a lot of heart there. There's a lot of heart there with him, with his brother, with his sister, with his whole family, um, and everyone that he employs. Because, I mean, Claude Silver, who is the literally the chief heart officer, they don't call it HR anymore, she was one of my favorite guests on the show. I mean, she just taught me so much. I mean, she's a girl that was a girl. She's a woman who you know, was a surfboarding star in her 20s and 30s and then kind of living in, in, in the Bay Area and then boom, she decides the relationship ends. She goes to London and suddenly she's like way high up at Ogilvy and Mather and gets all that experience. And then Gary brings her in and totally changed the dynamics of that company. And my favorite quote from my interview with her is she said, Mitch, who's the most important person in the room? The room. And then she went on to talk a little bit about how you have to read a room and, and, and went deep there. So a lot has come through that relationship. Forget about the, honestly, the relationship that we have on the, on the business side. Yeah, it's nice. It's terrific. But like I said, what, what means things to me personally are the little things that I've been able to do and the, and the friendships and the, and, the, and the fun times that we've had. And I know that we'll continue to have. Oh, I love that so much. I love that story. Uh, it makes me want to go look into more of what Gary does from a marketing perspective. Like I already am aware of his stuff, but definitely that, that story right there alone. Yeah. His first, his first few books kind of lay it out for you, crushing it and, and the jab, jab, right hook. And, and even asked, they asked Gary V book because everyone asked him every question you could think of. Um, you know, I mean, the Gary V of today is very focused on many things going on in the, in the new world, in the e-sports and things like that. Um, but there's a lot to learn from his writings early on that I think can be helpful. And, you know, you don't have to, you don't have to be Gary V, but you can attempt that. I mean, there's a guy 
who calls himself the salon guy, uh, who I actually introduced to Gary. Um, and he was, he was an ex cop who became a, he was really good at cutting hair and he just, and he's bald, which like me, which is really unique. And he decided that he, he just literally worshiped Gary V read the books. I had a major event with Gary back in 2014. I put this guy in the front row. He was so happy. He met Gary and he basically followed exactly what Gary's done. He's developed a business. He has a whole line of beauty products. Things have gone really well for the salon guy. I'm hearing him on different podcasts all over, all over the place. So, you know, I think Gary puts it out there and then everybody's handling it different and don't be Gary as the least, the last, the first thing Gary would say, um, you know, but maybe you take some of the things that he did and, and we'll save you five or six steps. Um, I mean, starting this podcast for me, knowing D-Rock who handles all of Gary's stuff was really helpful <laughs> um, because, you know, he kind of told me what to buy. Right. Right. Wow. Right. So good. I'm, I'm, I'm going to, I've got a question, Ron. Sorry. I'm going to interrupt That's you for a second. Okay. So you, you uh, I don't know, I'm sensing a theme, Mitch, and in, in looking through some of your guests, uh, I, I, you were talking about rye, you were talking about uh, different things, and, and you've got some other guests, uh, CEO, I think, of Pinhook Bourbon, Michael Dorf of City Winery. Uh, I'm sensing a theme on the, the liquor, or alcohol, alcohol stuff, and I just want to be involved in all of these conversations and uh, get invited to these rooms. I don't know if, if I'm if I'm uh, able to make that happen or not with you, but uh, I, I want to hear all about these the liquor aspect that you're learning. <laughs> you know, for a guy who has uh, seen Bruce Springsteen 250 times and knows everyone in the band and has interviewed a lot of people in the band, including Bruce's sister, um, I'm going to quote Jethro Tull. It's a passion play, and that's really where, what it's about for me. And I love to do shows on things that I'm passionate about. I've asked my clients for ideas or things they're passionate about. I've asked guests that I've had about things they're passionate about. Because if I'm going to do an episode, I want to, I you know, feel really excited about it, you know? And I, I wanted something unique and different. So, yeah, I, a few years ago, got into, into bourbon and rye and learned more about that world. And that led to shows. Music is a huge theme. You know, having Michael Dorf was a, a natural act because I've been to so many city winery concerts over the years. Um, and we have a mutual friend, Max Weinberg, who's the drummer in in Bruce's band, I had Max's daughter on, who is a, a, a works with PBS, but actually wrote a book about her breast cancer experience, and uh, which was just really an incredible story. Um, and you know, so they, they all kind of feed off of each other, and and one guest kind of leads to another guest, and you know, I probably should just do a music show. Maybe I should just do a spirit show, but I'm just kind of doing the potpourri of, of what I like and, and what my firm is comfortable with me doing, which is part of uh, the, you know, the way I, the world that I, I live in, um, which I accept and I'm very grateful for. Um, but um, it's not all, it's not, I mean, I am working on some good beer guests. I, I think I need to get into there too, but uh, um, bourbon, bourbon has become a real passion. So uh, uh, 
Uh, I'm actually doing a Facebook thing every Sunday night that I call Bourbon and Bruce, where I, sit, I play piano, where I sit down and I play a Springsteen song and I introduce a new bourbon at the same time. And I tell people about the bourbon. Now, this is just, you know, some of my friends that, that suggested it. Uh, there are those that say, Mitch, just play, don't sing. I don't blame <laughs> them. Um, I'm trying to work out. He's been out in L.A. I'm trying to get Johnny Resnick, who lives down the street from me, which is how I got that interview, um, to come in and, and sing one of the Bruce songs um, and put that in the face for everybody that's been giving me a hard time. But, you know, it's fun. You know, when I, in 2016, when, you know, I went to, I don't know, 46 shows on, on an incredible tour all over the world. And I was lucky enough to be in a great spots because of my relationship with different band members. Um, I did interviews on my Facebook page with fans and, and, you know, so I don't know. This is it. This is our yeah. one one chance. Let's have as much fun as we can have. And the um, last 12 months ain't been fun. No. So I'm trying to have as much fun and get good guests to at least have some fun. <laughs> yeah. No, this is this is a this is crazy for me. So I mentioned earlier that you remind me of Joel, right? Yes. And I, I was uh, hoping well, you'd say Billy Joel, but that's what no. <laughs> no well, what's crazy is he was all about spirits and he would teach us about wines. He was the one that would bring wine. He would talk about rye and bourbon, loved Weller, but he would actually, Love he was Weller. a good, yeah, good taste. He, he would go to these, you know, places they, you know, have them in the barrels and he would pick barrels out. Mm -hmm for limited runs of these things. And so we have all these special commemorative bottles that he picked out. And it's, yeah, it's, it's, it's it is crazy. We, my wife and I both bike cycle. Um, uh -huh. And we decided, cause you know, the whole bourbon thing started as a, as an idea for a new year's Eve party about eight or nine years ago. We always have friends over and we brought someone local to come and do taste testing with wines, uh, bourbons and rye and whiskeys. And we went down to Kentucky a couple of years ago and we did a, a bike trip on the bourbon trail. And there's these planned bike trips that take I lived, you. I lived of... two miles away from there in Kentucky. Oh, okay. Well, yeah. Um, yeah. the company that will, that edits my show resonate recording is actually down in, in Louisville. Um, but you know, we, we, I, that was, you know, we've taken bike trips all over the world. That to me was just so much fun. I mean, it was a bit of a challenge to be at Woodford at, 7 30 a.m and doing the taste test before i get on the bike you gotta do it but whatever you gotta do it it helped it helped getting up some of those hills right, uh, right. you know so it's it's i i love that bourbon trail and that really that just put me in that whole new area of like wow you know there's there's stuff out there but i'm finding you know like uh breckenridge out in colorado makes this amazing bourbon in in like a port wine cask or or um, High West in Utah, Yippie Kaye. I mean, there's just all these really interesting Widow Jane, which is made in in New York uh, at a quarry, which has really great water. Um, there's a great. It, it, they, each one has a story, and yeah. that's yeah. what it's all about, right? That's the fun yeah. part. Every glass should have a story. That yeah, exactly. That's the fun part. All the wineries, right. all the bourbon yeah. distilleries, yeah. like ah, it's so fun. All right, so to circle back a little bit, Mitch hindsight's 2020 we all wish uh we could go back in time and actually uh change a few things once in a while uh but we live we learn and uh our whole goal here is to help our listeners have better foresight through our incredible guests like yourself 
uh, hindsight. And so speaking in regards to your 33 years of experience in the financial world, what's What's that advice you wish you would have known sooner? What's kind of maybe some advice that you give a lot of families uh, that you you work with that you hope they make a little, a few more, few better decisions in their world to set themselves up for later in life or set their kids up for uh, their lives? Uh, what kind of advice would you give on that? Well, I'm going to keep that pretty generic, but um, in general, I would say the best piece of advice that I've learned over the years would be, would be two different things. Number one, never invest in anything you don't understand. Um, that never, that usually doesn't go well. Um, uh, I think that's really important. Um, and I also think get educated. We have a tremendous problem. We're 14th in the world when it comes to financial education. I'm a huge proponent of financial literacy. I help mandate financial literacy being taught in our schools in New Jersey and high school, you can't graduate. So, you know, teach your children well, you know, I mean, do, do your best because if it's not coming from the schools, maybe it, it could come a little bit at home. Uh, I have a great friend who's written books on this topic, Neil Godfrey, and we've done a couple episodes together and, you know, how to raise financially responsible children. And she talks a lot about uh, the leave it to beaver Donna Reed generation where mom was vacuuming with pearls, dad would come home, take the slippers off, have a drink, and everyone's sitting down eating dinner at six o'clock. Well, I don't know, that, that, that wasn't my world. Well, it was my world growing up, but it's certainly not my kids' world um, as they grew up. But, um, you know, it, we grew up in households where it was actually easier to have the sex talk versus the money talk. And I don't think that's changed much. And I think that's, a, that's, a, that's something that I think parents really have to pay attention to and use opportunities that are out there, um, you know, that, to help. So, you know, I, I go back to the tsunami or, or Katrina or something like that, where my daughter, who we had taught really well about a jar system for her allowance, um, which I got from my friend Neil, you know, for saving short-term, long-term charity. And she took that really seriously and got very involved in helping to raise money, um, doing that through a lemonade stand, for example. Um, and, you know, there, there, there are all these little things in the financial crisis in 2008, I paid my bills in front of my kids. I wanted them to know that things were not going so good for dad and things are not going so good for a lot of dads in this town. In fact, Probably a third of this town was out of work because a third of this town commutes to Wall Street. So, um, you know, I needed them to understand what, what it takes to pay the bills. And if I want to put money away for your college and I want to, you know, have water running in this house and I want to have electricity and you're bugging me about Nintendo and Game Boy and Wii or whatever it was at the time, you know, we have to make decisions. And that might mean that, you know, I, I, probably won't go to as many Bruce Springsteen concerts. It kills me, but I have to make a sacrifice so they could see a sacrifice. Um, fortunately, things were good in 2016, so I, I got to a lot of shows. But anyway, anyway I, I think the hindsight part is uh, for, for people is, is, is really teach your children well. And, 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 and just because you didn't have that experience, there are a lot of great books out there. There are a lot of great blogs out there. Uh, stay off of television. There's no good advice there. Um, never take advice. <laughs> you know, never get in a car with a stranger. Um, never take advice um, from a stranger. You know, know something about who you're dealing with. 
Um, there are a lot of bad people out there in every single industry. Mine certainly has its, its share of people, which is why it gets back to relationships and knowing who you're working with. Oh my gosh, so good. And, and I know, gosh, I don't even know if we talked so much about financial stuff, but we had a great conversation. And I know we need to wrap up, but we appreciate the time. How can, oh, my people, get, how can people get involved with you? Where can they find you? Sure. Well, the show right now is exclusively on Spotify. That's changing soon. Um, financially speaking with Mitch Slater, you can catch all the episodes. You can just Google my name and and then the title and it brings up the show page. Um, and that has all of my contact information. But I am at MP Slater on Twitter. I am at MPS1960 on Instagram. Uh, I am, you know, a social guy, probably spend most of my time on LinkedIn, um, which is really the professional network. I'm a big LinkedIn fan. I've had clients that have worked at LinkedIn. I've done events for LinkedIn. Um, I've interviewed a lot of LinkedIn influencers over the years. Um, so I, I, I'm, I'm there. Usually you see me doing something on LinkedIn. Nice. Ah, so good, Mitch. And in the pit at a Springsteen concert. Fine. Of course, of course. course. Any Springsteen concerts. Or Stevie Van Zandt. Anything, anything, you know, E Street Band. Or if there's any Billy music playing and, uh, or Bruce, I'm sorry. That's all right. I like Billy Durbin. That's all right. Uh, We're going to find you there. So uh, anyway, it's been an absolute pleasure. Uh, That's that generic or general information you gave uh, for the hindsight answer. I think it was pure gold anyway. So uh, yeah. I love it. Thank you so much. And well, thank uh, you guys. Thanks this for being fun. here. Sure. It was a lot of fun. Thank you. All right, Ron. Another amazing episode. Another incredible guest. And uh, today I'm hoping you might have a takeaway or two. But if you don't, I got you covered. I, I got a bunch. But dude, I have to, like, I was sending pictures to Rachel. And she's like, what are you sending me? I go, he looks like Joel. Right. Right. And so, and she goes, Oh my gosh, he does. And I was like, right. And then we're talking about wine and rye and bourbon and Kentucky. I was like, what is happening right now? This is like the weirdest conversation for me, but like, that was such a fun interview for me. Like just mentally, it was really cool, but okay. I'm going to, he gave so much gold at the end. Like that was a, that was a killer answer for it being generic, like you said, but two things, I'm probably going to steal one. Don't invest in anything you don't understand. Right. Yeah. Right? Because, that, that was like my favorite piece of gold that we talked a little bit about, even before we hit record. Of course. I was like, at the end. that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. Don't invest in stuff you don't know because do some research. Don't just jump in. Cause everyone said jump, like understand what you're doing. So that's one. Two, I loved, and I'm gonna I'm gonna butcher this, but I loved how he said it. So I'm gonna try to say it how he said it. If you're a person talking on a stage and you're worried about you or worried about what you're gonna say, remember the most important person in the room is the room, right? And what you're giving back to those people that have trusted you to be able to speak to them and add value, just like he added value to our show. Yeah, 100 percent and uh, a little ROR, right? Return right. on relationships or IASM. I am sold myself, right? Like you got to have the right beliefs to teach people the right way. 
Uh, education is key. Teach the people around you and focus on the relationships, right? Like our favorite clients are guaranteed. They're the ones that we have the best relationships with, right? Like they're referring us people all the time because we have the best relationships with them. So uh, I thank all of them, all of our amazing clients. And I love those relationships. And I want to keep uh, nurturing and building and building on the ROR. So, all right, everyone, thank you so much for tuning in to Hindsight Hacking. We will see you next time. All right, everyone. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you had as much fun as I did. And you know what? If you're not already a member of our Facebook group, what are you waiting for? Head on over to facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash profits with. Guys, we are super excited to have you be a part of our community and help you get more visible, get more traffic and get more sales. That's right, Ron. And every time someone is in our group, we get to share all the tips, the tricks and everything that you can get profits with from your summits, your challenges, your workshops, your podcasts, your vodcasts, and so much more. Guys, thanks for being the best part of the Hindsight Hackers.